Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation presenting Succession Recaps. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and we are dissecting HBO's hit series, Succession, because you are an ATN citizen, and you are an ATN citizen, and I am an ATN citizen. And so today we will tackle season four, episode six, titled Living Plus. Don't be confused. This is still the FTN feed, and you will get your regular episode of Fake the Nation on Thursdays, but on Mondays for the next four weeks, we will be doing this bonus Succession Recap pod. The panel today, folks, is as shocking as Matson walking barefoot between two private jets. We have joining us the artist, the filmmaker, our resident uber wealth expert, and all-around delightful human being who I'm happy to call my good friend. It is the incredible Danielle Dirchlag. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Nagin. I'm thrilled to be here, and I think if Shiv were to describe me, she would call me um, someone with a vagina who's cheerful and not tall enough to be a model, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I love that description. Um, we also have with us a man you've maybe seen on Broadway in Chicago. Maybe you've seen him on Project Runway, or maybe you've seen his solo shows, or maybe you you remember him from Fake the Nation, <laughs> arguably his most important credit. But most of all, maybe you're wearing one of his iconic fashions because he is the epic, the legendary Isaac Mizrahi. Well, you know what, darlings? Hello. I was Isaac Mizrahi, but Roman came by and fired my ass this morning. I don't know how the hell that happened. I'm getting my lawyers on the phone. I'm getting all my ducks in a row. I want a golden parachute back. Baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, folks, before we get into it, if you've enjoyed this pod, and let's say you also enjoyed the Thursday pod, you can get more pod at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Support the show, get bonus episodes of the show. So go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. Now, I, before, I'm going to do a summary, but before we do that, I just want to hear your first blush reactions to this episode, and I'll start. This episode was the fucking uncut gems of succession episodes. It was so fucking stressful. I, like Roman before me, was clutching a couch cushion. I literally needed to do a breathing exercise after this episode was over. I couldn't handle it. Isaac, what did you feel? Well, see, I didn't exactly feel that way. I oh thought God. it was falling into the rut of succession, which is like 
a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And then like one really amazing or two or three amazing things happen. I feel like everything is just so over long. Every single series is just too long. I mean, it. okay. Like, I yes. think Succession is too long by like a full season. I thought oh last season. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, like, you know, this is, I know, you know I what? I love it, by the way. This I love is- it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met my mother? Have you met my I love it, but you're too long by a full season. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. This is, you know what? And this is why we brought you on because you were going to give us the very bespoke Mizrahi take. And oh, God, that's I'm what's happening. I'm still alive. Yeah, I'm still Dan- alive. <laughs> I'm sitting here breathing. Okay, go on. Danielle, Danielle, what were your first reactions to this episode? You know, I'm actually a combo of the two of you. There were moments where I was so tense that I thought my body was going to crack in two. I felt that, Nagin. And then mm-hmm. there were, I agree with Isaac, stretches of time where I felt like this could be actually a little more efficiently told. This is feeling a bit ruddy. But my right. big takeaway from the episode, my two big words for this episode are grief and regression. The uh, amount of emotional right. regression on site in this hour of television, incredible. I can't wait to get Can I it. make the, and I'm going to make those two words into four by adding love versus money. I guess mm. the versus is also a word. Okay, but yes, so wait, there's so much. Minute, can I add something to yeah, that? Yeah, okay, and then gonna Isaac's say, also going to give us two to three words. <laughs> I've been spoiled by the last two episodes. Like those two episodes were so oh, yeah. juicy mm-hmm. and True. so perfectly edited and so great. This one felt like as even as good as it was, Again, have you met my mother? I felt it was a little, like a little bit urgent, a little bit urgent. Yeah, no, I mean that's uh, that's fair. Well, let's talk about what happened in this episode with a very quick summary from me, your host. Here we go. Um, we start the episode, um, we learn that Matson is still trying to cultivate Shiv as the gal on the inside, while Shiv gets the Sibs to admit that they've been tanking the deal. We also learn that Shiv schedules her grief in conference rooms around the country. Tom accidentally walks into one of those timed grief sessions, and they end up banging twice in this episode. Roman goes on a firing spree, getting rid of the studio head, and then Jerry. Kendall goes all in on living plus a cruise experience on land for old people who also want to live forever through customized pharmaceuticals. His mission is to drive up the Waystar stock so high that Matson can no longer afford it. He gives a Steve Jobs style product launch that included many made up numbers and made everyone schwitz. It also made Matson tweet a Nazi camp slogan. But in the end, Ken's performance was oddly triumphant. He takes a literal victory lap in the Pacific Ocean, ending the episode as succession is wont to do with Kendall floating. Um, All right, so here's my first question. Now, one of the things we heard early on is Shiv saying to um, the Sibs, like, I actually know you guys. I fucking know you, right? And then she's, like, imitating their childhood stuff. Like, Shiv spilled chocolate milk in the Range Rover, which I thought was And and then at another point, Shiv turns to Roman and says about Kendall, um, maybe we should save him. Like, they see Kendall doing this Living Plus launch, and they just are so worried that he's going to just do a horrible job. Uh, And they know each other. They really know each other. Is it becoming too hard for the siblings to keep secrets? Do they just know each other too much for the kind of backstabbing that (laughs) that they're engaging in? Well, you know what, darling? Is it too hard for the siblings or is it too hard for the audience to tell when what they're saying has any any kind of truth in it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's such, such high, point. high, high irony upon irony upon irony. Like you don't even know what they're talking about half the time. And that's fine. Okay. Literally fine. Like, I don't know what's going on half the time. Good summary, darling. Good summary. Thank Cause you. before that there were like four or five, like I didn't realize that Shiv and Tom had gotten into the banging again. I'm thrilled. Cause I thought maybe they banged, but you somehow knew that they had banged. I mean, I guess in my heart, they definitely banged. (laughs) (laughs) There was no, wait a minute. Like there was a scene with Shiv on the phone in like, I think the last episode or two episodes ago where there was some doctor going, Hey, you know, your tests are all good. Right. right?" And I thought, does that mean she's pregnant? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
yes, she's yes. pregnant. Exactly. She's right. definitely okay. pregnant. Okay. There and, you go. And she hasn't told anyone. She hasn't told anyone, including us. We don't really know this. Okay, I'm not kidding. There has never been anything where it says darling Shiv is actually pregnant. We just know that she's healthy. I'm not kidding. Like that scene, I watched it twice. I promise yeah. you. Okay, and then on, and on, that and that also means that Tom's pee pee was very close to the baby's head. Uh, yes. I'm just saying that for the record. <laughs> that's okay though. Listen, and that's how listen. medicine works. You know, and pregnant women are so horny, and I think that's a good motiva- motivation for her. They're to have, also to that have, to have had yeah. sex with yes. Tom. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. But it's so funny because when you go back into that scene and you um, look at her, the way she cries. I rewatched that scene in the in the conference room where she's just like one, two, three, and develop tears. It was so (laughs) it becomes such a comedic scene. Um, But okay, but but Danielle, let's tell me your thoughts on the siblings. You know, I think that the I partially agree with you, Nagin. I think when it comes to Shiv knowing what these two boys, I'm using the word boys very specifically, Mm -hmm. what they're going to do, she. She really knows, right? Yeah. Do I think these two boys understand that she's in a, let's call it, unusually intimate phone relationship with Madsen? No. I don't think that all the siblings' knowledge of each other is equal here. I think we're seeing a system where the boys have lower emotional intelligence, frankly, than Shiv does, and she can see the moves a little bit more ahead than they can. That's what I took away from this episode. Absolutely. You know what? Let's take a quick break because then I want to talk about my favorite stuff, which is Tom and Shiv. Um, Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we shall continue. And we are back and we're uh, let's talk about the scenes with Tom and Shiv. Um, First of all, bitey, bitey. They're like at a party. I know. They're at a party just biting each other's arms. I mean, I was like, are are people seeing this? Is this ending up on page six? Like, what is happening here? So that was already crazy. What did you think of? What do you think of their flirt? The way they flirt, I guess, Um, Isaac? What do you think of how they You know, the bitey, bitey thing, I kept thinking, rich people, right? They just do whatever the <laughs> fuck they want and they don't care and they don't think and they just do the stuff. And then it gets on page six or it gets into columns and they go, oh, wait a minute. I, you know, and, and they think they're such masters at manipulation of the press. But in fact, yes. they do forget themselves because they think that they own everybody and they own everything. So they do like bitey bitey in the middle of like a party and they don't expect anyone to kind of Right? Like the world is just their living room and no one else is in there, you know? So that's what I thought about that. And then, of course, they end up having sex and then having this crazy conversation where Tom is basically radically honest and says, I really, really love my career and my money. I like nice things. I like my watches, blah, blah, blah. Literally the first time anybody has said anything earnestly on that show. I was like, will, like somehow like William Inge, like, you know, a, a monologue in the middle of this ridiculous, <laughs> crazy, you know, like this earnest guy going, yeah, I really like nice stuff and my watches and my suits, you know. But, do, but doesn't it say everything that that's what earnestness leads us to on this show? Watches. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. like the most the most vulnerable, intimate, earnest moment. And we're ending up with darling. like wrist wear. It, it's, it's heartbreaking. Really, it's heartbreaking. It is. it is. It is. It's heartbreaking. It makes you okay, see is that it, character. Is it heartbreaking or, you know, I don't know. I wonder it, on some level, like I have a friend who I suspect kind of married a particular dude because of um, the a comfort that he provided. Oh, really? You have one friend? <laughs> well, then most of my friends, okay? <laughs> you need to come to a few parties with me, honey, and see women, okay? and these men who marry their spouses for really, okay? <laughs> I am not okay, kidding. Right. I am not it's kidding. So- and so I feel like everyone's doing it at, at, at so many different levels. Like it doesn't yes. have to be you're dating right. the billionaire's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Like it could right. be at so many different levels. There's like comfort because it – so it, it is an element in – and even Willa said it in the last episode or the episode before that whatever, the wedding episode, mm-hmm. that um, yes – um, stability like is part of it. The money is a part of it, you know. But uh-huh. I'm also happy. Um, and and would do you would you think 
What do you think? How does that land for Shiv? Well, can I just say one thing? Yeah. You know what? I want to just kind of take this turn to a left turn here. Yeah. Where are all the where are all the like where are all the booze addicts? Like where are all the alcoholics and sort of, like I miss Kendall being on drugs constantly because I feel like <laughs> I feel like, you know, rich people who marry each other for money and do things only for money and only for money. They and don't go to therapy, by the way. They don't go to right. therapy. Their only thing is to become like addicts. And I feel like that's one thing the writers are missing here is like, OK, if like Tom married this woman for money. He's got to have something going on that's, you know, that he can't be that purely kind of evil. He has to have some kind of vice like another woman or another man. And by the way, there was a little inference to Tom's gayness in the, in the episode. Did you catch it? Oh, I Please didn't catch us. it. What no. was it? Oh, yeah. She goes, oh, they were talking about how they were going to live together as a threesome or something with, oh, oh yeah, yeah, with, with, with the Swede. Right. Like, oh, you want to suck his dick or something, right? right. And, I, and you think because you want to suck his dick, I want to sleep with him. But I'm sure there's some inference about his homosexuality because when he goes, you're a waste our citizen and you're a waste. It was like fucking Charles <laughs> Nelson Riley. Okay, like, come on. This was like a gay man, you know, kind of lisping. And it was like a stereotype. I want you to call HBO and go like, hey, enough with the gay stereotype. You know, I'm offended. <laughs> so I'm not kidding. I think they need to develop some kind of a like a vice for Tom or reintroduce Kendall's vice as a major theme, because I feel like that's what's missing here. That tragic element of it. And, you know, they talk about the Swede having like the vices of drugs and stuff, but it's not enough. It's not enough because he's not central enough, you know. So in your experience of rich people, there's usually like some sort of vice like that on display generally. Yeah. Yes, there's vice and there's, you know, crazy kind of you know, inbred marriage and people having babies because, you know, people have babies because they know they're going to get another billion dollars when the, when the matriarch or the patriarch dies. You know, they, right. I'm not kidding. They go, oh, well, that one gets another billion dollars because they have another baby. So I'm not kidding. I swear yeah. to you, kids. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> uh, Danielle, uh, what did you what did you make of Tom and Shiv? Oh my God, what to make of these two? I mean, first of all, you know, I mentioned regression at the top of the show. Yeah. There was a lot of childhood behavior in very expensive clothing in this episode. Yes. And Bitey, when I was watching that, I felt so many things at once. First of all, like, it could be interpreted as like an interesting, wealthy public kink, perhaps, yeah, yeah, right? Uh -huh. I like to bite people in public. But Nagina, if I'm honest, I also have to say it reminded me remarkably of when I had a crush on my fellow fifth grader in Chicago, Illinois. Uh -huh. And I decided that a way to show him that was to harm his person with my teeth. <laughs> you know, there's, there, there, there's something about this episode where there's so many references to childhood. You know, Shiv says, don't get dirt on my confirmation dress. They're all calling each other boys and girls. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, Kendall on the stage in his fucking fake pilot jacket we're talking here <sighs> that was about, so good right that was, uh, right that was, amazing. So amazing we're talking about emotional children yeah. in adults clothing here um ruling the world pretty terrifying yeah and i thought that shiv and tom's dynamic was the kind of playful darkly playful version of that in this episode if i saw two people with that kind of thread count on their person biting each other at a party yeah. similar to isaac i would think who has a good therapist they can get to right away? It's yeah. time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Let's you know, go. and of course, the overarching comment that Roy, that that, uh, that 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 the master made before he died, you are just not serious people. I mean, like that comes back to haunt us in that very Shakespearean way. Like it's going and it's going to keep coming back and they're going to keep they're going to keep using that quote. They have to because it was so major and the placement of it and everything. Right. That's planning, darling. That's that's, that's a right. writer's room. That's a writer's room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I well, I also want to take a look at, you know, t so talking about like this kind of childlike behavior, Roman is just kind of like doing whatever he feels like right now he is um as jerry puts it oh he is a weak monarch in a dangerous interregnum and in a regman what a good word i know so right? good I so good it. um and and also the the fact that oh man i part of what one of the things i realized about myself um as i was watching this episode is i am 
too nice, I think, for in most situations. I've never said any of these things. I've never said some, to someone, treat me with respect, even if I've felt that way. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, exactly. And, and Roman, who like arguably doesn't deserve Jerry's respect at that level, is like, you don't treat me with sufficient respect. And it's like, oh my God, who says that? I've never said that. Except you know what though, darling? You know what's so great about that is that he fires her and then he knows immediately that he fucked that it was up, wrong. right? And, and he says to Kendall, he goes, you may have to, you may have to, you may have to undo this, right? Because how many of us have been in the, that resonated? Okay, that resonated. That did you know? resonate. Even though it didn't resonate so much like what you're saying when someone says to another person who, right? It's true. But it did resonate that he knew he fucked up. By the way, okay, like, I'm sorry to jump. I'm sorry to, like, spoiler alert this whole podcast. Yeah, no, yes. Do, darling, do darling, darling, the chilling moment of him in the car at the end. The heartbreaking oh. moment oh, of him listening. Yeah. And by the way, who sent that? Who sent it? Or did he was make it? Was it Kendall? What was did it? Did Greg make it? I, I think Kendall sent it. I, I, I paused it to look because I also wanted to know. I think that was a text from Kendall. I'm 80% sure. Really? Yeah, and I, that was there was, there was so much, like, cutting oh. and what? Whatever. Well, because he walked out, that's why he was, and and, and he was, and an and, and advance of the speech, he kind of betrayed him. He was like, don't do this, don't do this. So in the end, it, it would have been Kendall. It would have been Kendall. Either that or the or the amazing, amazing sound technician who cut Seriously. that shit together. <laughs> oh, my that, God. I mean, that was something amazing, right? That was beautiful. Well, I mean, I mean, as everyone knows in the business, you first share your phone number with your sound engineer. Well, of that's course what you happens do. on so every job. <laughs> so important. Um, no, because first, A, he was he could get it. That sound engineer right, was cute. Okay? Right. B, B, he did that amazing job of like getting of getting Logan Roy to say they was going to double their profits. Unbelievable. Can I just say like one thing? Roman's in the room. He's firing Jerry and he says to her, you're not showing me sufficient respect. Nikki, not only has none of us said that sentence. Yeah. None of us have sent that sentence rather quickly after sending someone a photograph of our wrecked dick. Yeah. That is in the room, people. <laughs> he is demanding right. respect I mean, from a woman he has actively sexually harassed for months. Incredible. Incredible. And um the other so the other fun thing too is like in terms of the this um you know acting like children is so then Roman right you you said Isaac he immediately knows he did something wrong he goes to Kendall and he's like what if I fire the studio head okay already did that <laughs> baller, and baller, also baller, baller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what if I fire <laughs> Jerry and then Kendall it's sort of like literally it's like oh my god I ate the entire package of of runts you know what I mean <laughs> and then Kendall's like that's awesome what if you what and what if I also ate all of the nerds you know that's great because <laughs> congratulations like, baller yes yeah, exactly. and he goes look at you <laughs> You, who are you gonna fire next? Fire Frank, fire Carl, eat Greg, fire me. Di and then he's, and this was my one of my favorite lines on the show, because this is Kendall being Kendall. Dynamic waste our duo, shake up their senior leadership team. Grumble, grumble, quote, grumble, quote, grumble, quote, caveat. Some are saying these two young Turks might just have what it takes to turn things around. <laughs> I know, oh exactly. my God. Hilarious, 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 hilarious. Just so the, amazing. And it is very much, I mean, it's like parts of this feel like um, it's just an episode sort of stranger things and these kids are on bikes, you know, running around town. <laughs> and then, of course, other parts of it, to me, feel like King Lear, really? I mean, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. Yes. And that's why I keep referring to Greg as being the spoiler. You know, he's 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 going to get this at the end. They're all going to die or they're all going to go away and Greg's going to get everything. To me, he's like, he's, which was the brother that was exiled in the beginning of right. Lear? Is it Edgar or Ed, Edmund? One of the brothers gets one, okay. the, the good one gets exiled, right? right? Like Greg is always being sent off to like I don't know where, but in the end he kills his brother, who's horrible, who exiles him. The I think it was Edgar or Edmund. Can you Google? It doesn't matter. One of the Eds, <laughs> one of the Eds from King Lear, the good Ed, ends up with everything, you know. And I feel like I feel like that's where we're headed, or else like you know his father, played by that amazing actor, that beautiful actor whose name I forgot, you know, from Babe. The guy yeah. who plays, well, I forgot his name too. Okay, I forget everything. But he's going to swoop in and and Greg is going to get everything. I don't know. So, that's how I feel. So, I mean, what did you think? So it's interesting because we, we, we briefly talked about this 
um, your theory on Greg taking everything, which is a very popular fan theory as well. Um, Greg had a little scene with the sound engineer where he was asserting his something. Um, <laughs> it, I don't know. It kind of feeds, you know, fodder to your theory. Yeah. I'm serious. And by the way, the way those people, those rich people assert themselves is so hilarious. It's like, you can do that, right? Because, and and you are comfortable with that. Like that was the thing about Kendall also. It's like, you're comfortable with tripling the numbers. Are you not? And the guy's looking at him going, how do I get out of this? Do I just go, you know what? I have a cold. I'm gonna, Cause there's no way to leave. You have to leave the room. You right. can't be, there's no way to answer the question properly. Cause if you say you're comfortable with it and then he gets blamed for it's his fault. You know what I mean? So, oh, he was comfortable with tripling the numbers. I mean, that also was a beautifully, beautifully constructed Which, scene. Which by the way, the other funny thing about all of that was that they're in the green room watching Ken and then Ken gives all these fake numbers or whatever with the, the sound edit and all that. And then, and then, um, you know, Shiv goes, that's, that's not cool or whatever. And then Greg goes, <laughs> what isn't it? Beautifully edited or something like that. <laughs> right, exactly. Wow, how beautifully edited. Right, exactly. Congre- <laughs> Woo, that guy's getting a bonus. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and that's actually what, so that there is a little crimey crime happening um, here. I, again, I was, I was texting with some friends about this. I don't know what level of crime is involved with projections? Because my feeling is in projections, you can just say, and we project that we'll make a kajillion dollars. Course, you know, like I think you could just say, what, right. which is what Kendall basically says. It almost makes you lose your faith in capitalism because you could say whatever the fuck you want. Um, but I mean, you, you can't really. I mean, if, if I don't know if you've ever been to one of those meetings where like everybody in the world is there, you have to somehow make sense. You have to make sense. You have to be credible. Right. And so, and I think people have, you know, especially if they're really setting up this product launch, right? Like they have, what are they called? Um, Comparables. They have comparables. You always have comparables. And so if you do a little better than comparables or a little bit, right. And so they come up with a figure and it's always bullshit, but then it's like bullshit. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's what, and that's what that, 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 uh, that, that's what the, the, the old, fabulous, amazing CEO who took him aside and go, I've been a CEO for more years than you've been alive. That was a a good scene. And then of course, afterwards, he's like, hooray to, you know, right? Like hooray to him because he pulled it off, which is like some some shit, right? Carl is such a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. You know Consistently a piece of shit. I miss Jeannie Berlin. Does anybody miss Jeannie oh, Berlin? Hello. Always, every day always, of my life. Every day of Absolutely. my life. I just want to live. She needs a spinoff. Jeannie oh, Berlin I agree. Needs a fucking so, 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 so Jeannie Berlin, <laughs> an iconic actress of the of the screen, people will know her here as the head of ATN, who I believe is and already the right. daughter yes, of yes, Elaine yes, May, she's by brilliant. the way. Can we just yes. add the daughter of Elaine May? Okay, I'm sorry. Hello. You know what? You no. were you were sainted at birth, right? That's right. Yeah, okay, That's right. Go on. Yeah, the daughter of Elaine May. All right, sorry. Who has been fired <laughs> by Tom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? right. fired. Can you well, imagine? I know, I know, I know. She was on the kill list right away. First one on the kill list, I think, right? Okay, yes. Well, uh, speaking of kill list, what do we think of Living Plus? Are we all oh. <laughs> moving to Living Plus? Darling, sign me up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm closer to Living Plus than you bitches, okay? You bitches are young. I am an old bitch and I am really Ready to fuck, fucking luck. Sign up to Living Plus. I want the I want the best unit. I want the unit with the view. Okay, seriously. Listen, Isaac. I think you've got a really exciting retirement ahead of you. Did you know that movie stars are going to stop by? They're yes. going to stop by, I and they're going to show rough cuts. Three hours. I want the three beds. I want the only three bedroom unit, like on the links. Okay, like seriously. <laughs> This was such this was such a fucking brilliant send up of tech culture, wealth culture and all of our fear and slash belief that we can somehow live forever. Yeah, It, it was all in there. It was existential. It was hilarious. It was insane. And most terrifyingly. It was believable. This is not far off from, hey, did you know all of our health problems can be solved with this one tiny machine that takes one prick of your blood and tells you everything (laughs) about yourself medically? (laughs) This was the Theranos of eternity. 
Yeah. All right. right? That's yes. what we're watching. Yeah, absolutely. It's right, so basically. funny. It, okay, yeah. I take it back. I take it back. It was the greatest episode I've ever seen. But here's the thing. Here's <laughs> how I, I'm telling you. Here's how I rate series right now. It's like if I pick up my phone and look at my texts during an episode, it's like mm, someone got something wrong. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay, right. seriously. That's a good right. trick. No kidding. And this time, I, I, I'm i sorry to like report that I did look at my phone like two or three times. Okay, sorry. Nagin was about to say something brilliant, obviously. And again, I interrupted her. Sorry. Go on, go on, go on. No, go but on. I, I love that as a, as a litmus test for, for how good a show is. But I want to say that Living Plus felt... Very believable for me. Again, listeners know I grew up in Palm Springs, California, which is a retirement community. I grew up among senior citizens. So I know senior citizens. This episode was so (laughs) tailor-made for me to talk about because I know Living Plus. I lived around Living Plus, okay? Jesus. Um, That was my childhood. And (laughs) um, in one – this so first of all, they they do – like. All the stuff with the entertainment and, and, and directors come and they show the rough cuts. Fucking, if if anything will show you that senior citizens love that, it is the Palm Springs Film Festival that does year-round events, okay, that right. I have been right. to. <laughs> and <laughs> Wow, wow, <laughs> My wow. parents were members. And um, the other the other thing is uh, we, for reasons that are completely mystifying to us, my husband, Jason, it has a, <laughs> keeps getting this magazine called Life Extension. And it's like for, for <laughs> older people, I don't know why Jay, he gets, I mean, Jason's only 40, but like, so he gets this magazine and sometimes we flip through because it's just hilarious, but it is all of these drugs. It's like, this is how you save your memory. This is how you save your joints. Take this, take this, take this, you'll live forever. And so there is, I mean, I think the other thing with wealth culture now is this kind of turn towards the immortality. We're seeing that so much more. There's a there was a guy we talked about on the show um, a, a few weeks ago who spends two million dollars a year. Um, he's a, he's a billionaire on just ways to keep himself young and uh, and he does face skin wall building or whatever for his skin. He um, under eats calories. I mean, they draw blood from him like multiple times a week to see right. What he's and they doing. spin it. They always spin the rich people's blood. Did yes, you notice this? <laughs> right. They always take something out and spin it with something and then reinject it. It's true. You're right about that. And it costs much more than $2 million. Like $2 million, that's your budget for socks if you're like, you know, Logan Roy. I'm just saying, all right? Come on, $2 million. That is that is like, that is chump change, okay? And then, and there's, I remember there was um, an interview from one of the, do- his, this guy's doctors who was just like, um, the science is still not there. <laughs> you know, basically, they, they, it's all, they're overpaying these doctors to spin blood and re-inject, and there's no necessarily, like, very exact science around it. So, but I, I see, I feel like I see this a lot in the kind of wealthy senior citizen circles. Um, and when, and, and, and if you're not going to turn to drugs, Isaac, as a rich person, you turn to drugs that actually make right. you healthier. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> right. For sure. Right. For sure. Right. I mean, you know, you probably have made it through a drug addiction and you're sober and now you're just taking other drugs to keep you alive. Right. Yes, That's probably exactly. what has happened. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I have to yeah. say, I knew a guy growing up who did that self-hack. You know, it's so interesting how as tech has risen, these sort of words like disrupting and hacking have entered the lexicon at places they don't belong. You right. can't disrupt or hack mortality. Right. These, no, it's true. These people seem to think you can, but you cannot. I knew a, a, a dad in my community growing up who had that kind of obsession with self-hacking. And long story short, he took so much insane shit into his body that his heart exploded and he died young. <gasps> wow, Jesus. I could see that. I could see yep. that. Because, you know, if I take like two, like if I take like something for this and something for that and then a Xanax in the same night, I think like I'm going to explode, you know? Right, That's right. what I think. And by the way, the other thing that doesn't exist, speaking of addiction and and like words. Oh, by the way, Love Bomb. Love Bomb is on every fucking show in the world. No, yeah. But the other thing is like sobriety coaches, because, you know, they won't go like some of them will not go to. So they get someone to come to the house and babysit them and, you know, sort of tell them, hey, put that drink down. And that costs, you know, two hundred thousand dollars as opposed to just checking yourself into like a something. But that doesn't work either. Like that's a that's a hack. That doesn't work, darling. You know, like if you're really going to come off of 
drugs or alcohol. First of all, the meetings, the meetings are everything. You have to go to the meetings and rich people are not going to go to meetings. That's why I'm not kidding. And, you know, and, and the rescinding, the rescinding of, you know, the way people go back to drugs and alcohol, yeah. the percentage of that is so high. And so I think like, that's the one thing on the show that I am aching to see more of is like right. addiction. Well, you know, addiction and I feel addiction. like Kendall was like, like he had a little sweat sheen on him this episode where I was like, oh, wait, I wonder if they are setting us up for that, you know? I mm-hmm. thought so too. Yes. And also like he was so in his kind of like, you know, uh, what's that word? Like that sort of zone before the meet. He was, and he was, he really did seem like a person on something, you know. Yeah, he was doing. Yeah, eye, I. Agree. It was like that. Eye of the storm is calm, but the the storm around, you know, the thing around yeah. it is like crazy. It, he was being yeah. like yes. eye of the storm until we get to the crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's actually talk about Kendall. I mean. I don't know. At first, it was very cringy, right? It was it was couch cushion clutching cringy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then he sort of killed it. I don't know. What did you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. And I saw that coming. Did you see that coming? In that in that like he could we couldn't see him fail again, 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 because he's no, failed so many times about on the show. No, I'm talking about like we have a few more episodes to go, right? So like right, right, before right, they right. Before right. they conclude that it's going to get sold to the Swede or not, we have to see the struggle and what is going to interfere with the Swede just taking over would be their plan actually beginning to work somehow, by the way. By the way, for someone who doesn't understand any shit that goes on in the show, I think I understand the damn thing pretty well, right? It's like, <laughs> yes, yes. Come on, come on, stay with me. Stay with me, <laughs> Stay with me, Danielle. I mean, like, seriously, like, they need, it's serious. If you're like sitting there going, okay, we have like, but this is the problem with episodic TV, which by the way, I love so much more than movies now. Mm. Did you, did you, have you thought this? It's like, I don't even care if I see another movie ever. Like oh all those God, movies. It was really? the worst year. Oh, darling, the movies this year was terrible. There was one terrible one after another, after another, and everything won an Oscar because it got made. <laughs> now, if you get a movie made now, you win an Oscar, okay? Seriously, but I much prefer to watch series, but the problem with the series thing is they commit to a certain number of episodes and then they have to like go in and write it all. It's you too, know what ma- I mean? it's too right. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too Often much. It's to- too much. I think you f- I feel like you should write the thing in three or four episodes and then go, OK, it's four episodes. It's not six or it's three episodes, not 12, you know, whatever. It's like that's for me. The problem has anyone started to I started last night to watch that um, that Fatal Attraction retool. Oh, was it good? Oh, I haven't seen it. yet. Well, I mean, I think it's got such a great cast and it's got such promise and I will go back to it. But. It's so incremental and slow and slow, especially right, after we've right. all seen the movie and we know what happens. Okay. Right, 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 right. So right, right. Like, like, don't so, don't so, make a meal out of this, oh, guys. Oh, darling, you're making a meal. Of, oh, you're making like a degustation, darling. You're making like a full-on tasting menu. Okay, forget a meal, darling. You're sitting there for three fucking hours eating one amuse-bouche after a fucking another. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, anyway, but that's my Isaac, thing. Isaac, I think we found the title for your next book, One Amused Bush After yes. a Fucking Mother. Yes. Exactly. There it that is. is a great, there it is. That's a memoir, darling. That's my <laughs> memoir. <laughs> you know, but Nikki, oh. can I say like, yes, Kendall kills it. I'm putting that in quotes with my fingers yeah. because what does he kill? He kills on this notion that they're going to elongate life, which they won't. He kills on the notion that this is going to double their numbers, which we know it won't. So what he actually has killed on is diluting society yet again through a pitch. You know, one of the things this show comes back to again and again, we talked about it last episode, is this really depressing existential conclusion that nothing fundamentally matters. Right. Yeah. Kendall doing great on stage, it doesn't really matter. Except it matters to the stock. True. The thing is, Correct. it matters to the stock. So everybody makes right. money for a minute. That's right. And then they That's lose right. money the next minute. The other thing that doesn't like compute with very, very rich people is sexuality. Did you ever notice that? And this, they get really, really well. I feel like nobody has sex on that show. It's the greatest yeah. thing in the world. It's like, it, they really there's don't. no sex and it's the greatest thing. And they're right. The writers are right. And the only one having sex is Greg. Okay. So thereby I'm going to myself. You know, he's the only pussy hound that is actually <laughs> out there like with a specific thing that he likes, you know? Yeah. You think like, Greg gets a yes? You think Greg is getting yeses? 
Oh, I absolutely. Do. Are you kidding? Sure. You don't think so. First you of don't? all, he's not first of all, he's a handsome guy. Second of all, tall. he can have a chat. He might sound ridiculous in that chat, but like he can do it. You know what I mean? He could probably, you know, compliment and flirt or whatever. Um, and he w- is uh, wearing $15,000 watches so to signal to the honeys that he's got money. You know, Plus, I mean, of course darling, he's getting he's yeses. He's dispensing the cocaine. He's probably dispensing the cocaine. <laughs> oh, with absolutely. Those parties, right? Absolutely. He goes to a party like full, full, full of and drugs. He's got a, and he's got a Rolodex full of sound engineers phone numbers which is a coveted is uh, what everybody else do you wants. need <laughs> well, well listen maybe maybe you both are right but you know one of the things i was thinking about a lot this week is that we've none of these people have a friend yeah we we haven't seen a single character on this show Look, have a uh, meaningful co- jerry jerry is is a shiv's godmother which is an example of logan not having had friends go Precisely. ahead Janelle. yeah yeah so so no one here has ever, there's not a single scene and, and isaac's right this is a lot of fucking television there's not a single scene where someone has had an intimate conversation with a friend so intimacy in general just doesn't exist in this ecosystem it's all about sadism and winning so i guess in that context i wasn't thinking about greg really succeeding but now that you say it i bet you're right he's sneaking off he's finding some fabulous gal who loves a rolex and a dumb joke sneaking and off. they're having a gr- He's always getting it. He's always running after girls at every single party. Yeah. Now, I, know, I haven't seen him be very successful. Well, they're called the Disgusting Brothers for a reason. There is literal right. videotape footage of a pants rummaging. We know. There Remember you that? You Remember You're that. right. But by, the, right. Way, would, yep. by the way, the lack of friends or shrinks or whatever, that's what makes the show so incredible first of all on an artistic level it's like there is no like sort of flabby exposition where someone's telling their friend or their shrink or explaining to the audience why they feel something or why something is happening that does not go on 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 this show and i feel like that's what gives it its integrity as a written piece of incredible you know, as, yeah. as an incredible piece of writing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I their very right. absence is is a show-don't-tell of, like, how they lack intimacy yeah. in their lives. It's also um, really difficult to follow because of that. You know what I mean? It's difficult to follow. I'm not kidding, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you don't know. Totally. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what's going on. And it, and it is, I think, you know, it's funny that you were I'm confused by, by Shiv's pregnancy, Isaac. It's, I mean, it's not funny because because she we hear about it once and then it's like it doesn't exist right? No. right the only way we know that it still exists is that she's not doesn't do cocaine you know what i mean it's like, <laughs> right. that's how we know she's still pregnant she doesn't do cocaine um let me i wanted to t- talk to you guys a little bit inside baseball all three of us are in um entertainment um one of the things that was I was so stressed out on behalf of the production team of the theater oh that was doing the launch. I oh. uh, this was oh. so painful where Kendall's like, just build a model house. And then I want clouds and talk to this production in Berlin and all that stuff. And I, you know, I've had writing jobs. I remember I had a writing job once where the producer says, so listen, we did get a miniature horse for the shoot tomorrow. Can you write something for that miniature horse? Wow! And I was like, um, you know what I mean? And it's like these things really do happen, and you're just sweating buckets of like, I have to write a fucking sketch for a miniature horse. I don't. How does that work into anything that we're doing in this otherwise show about something completely different? And so I, I've Mm. been there. I felt it. You are, and you're trying to be really gentle with the people that are paying your bills. And you Um, go like, I'll try. Of course, I go, all I flash back to are, you know, memories of me in like fitting rooms, you know, 30 years ago going, can't I just get some black elastic by tomorrow? You think you get some black elastic by tomorrow? People going, (laughs) fuck you. We're not, what do we look like to you, slaves? We're not going to get you fucking, who do you think you are, you bitch? Martha Stewart, what, you're going to get black elastic like that? A drop of a hat? I'm not kidding. Like, I'm serious. And somehow, I know, but I know I have been asked to do those things where it's like, can you get, you know, a beaded dress from Paris, you know, in 15 minutes, you know, whatever. And I go, you know, I'm going to really try. And then you don't. And then there's such an awkward because they push and push and they just want to check off that thing that day and go to you know, go to Majorelle for lunch and go, okay, dress is arriving by tomorrow at noon. And then it's really not, you know, the collision. And somehow, listen, somehow 
Kendall managed to kill it anyway. You know what I mean? He managed. He was over. He was trying to over-prepare, yeah. overdo. Didn't matter, you know? And it didn't, didn't matter. matter. He didn't need the fucking clouds. I mean, and no. that's the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, He always has these, this, this, oh, uh, we need to just make it Cirque du Soleil. Like, right, remember right, his right, birthday, right. he was going to come in on a cross and Billy Joel right. and whatever. Remember? Oh, that was a great, that was I a great mean, episode. But he always has this, It part of me thinks that at the end of the day, he would have just been an incredible, like, director of community theater. And that's kind <laughs> of... Right. Where, where he was like supposed waiting to for be. Guffman. He needed to be like, wait, right. what was that character's name and waiting for Guffman? Yeah, exactly. exactly. You know, th- there were there were a lot of depressing uh, sentences in this episode. But for me, I-, I felt exactly what you were feeling, Nagin. Man, my production armpits were sweating like it was my yes. job. When, when that gentleman on the stage said, after a really fraught pause, this is an exciting vision. I right. wanted to die. That was because, great. you know, it, it, first of all, how many times in the context of a wealthy person asking for insane things, have we either been or heard this kind of sentence, been the person saying it or hearing it, where someone says, wow, um, wow, that sounds really exciting. But it turns out I, you can't get a plane here from Hong Kong in right. 45 minutes. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, yes. and, and in that moment, what I re- really recognize that this show has been doing brilliantly for seasons, but I just totally caught it in this moment is these characters that we only see briefly, who are the production staff around yeah. these insane wealthy people, we see them fleetingly, yes. but almost every time we see them, it's the worst day of their professional life. Yes. These Roys are professional bombs going off in the faces of very decent people trying to get a paycheck. By the that way, is one of the you know what? Ones. Not to mention the fascism of Kendall going, we're never going to say no, right? We're never oh, going to say no. Yes. Never no. Nightmare. Never no Nightmare. to Kendall. Never no to Kendall. Never. And they all go, never no to Kendall. And they have to say it. You know, they oh, have to go like, God. It oh, was so bore on the floor, right? Yeah, that moment really, was so was bore really on the terrifying. floor. Also, I always think about Jess. Man, that, it, but Kendall's assistant, she oh. logs in some hours. I hope she is being paid <laughs> oh, handsomely. Oh because so she is paid. on call. And she knows how to plaster on that like minor smile that she kind of always Yes. has that's like hiding unbelievable stress and then she's shaving off years of her life in that and job by the it's way so i funny. think she's i think she's either like you know she's either like taking money and some scrape like embezzling some yeah, i swear yeah, to god i hope she is i feel I like she's so. me too I, I feel so. like she has to be embezzling because she knows that if he comes for her she goes here's the things i know about you so i think i'm just going to keep my cash yes you know? yeah. right. I, that, no, that right. might be a minor plot line for the writers we thank you you're welcome you're welcome so, exactly <laughs> <laughs> they all listen to the show, so we're you know you're, you're really reaching them. Exactly. Um, Isaac, no, Danielle can attest to this. When I first um, thought about doing this um, recap pod, my the my first dream was that you would do the show. So you're first of all making one of my little dreams come true. Come on. And yes. My second dream was to ask you in particular about the fashions. Well, as you know, a fashion icon and as someone who sees wealthy people, what are they getting it right? How are they doing? They're doing incredible. Are you kidding me? They're doing amazing. You know, they're doing okay. amazing. And 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 especially like when it comes to, you know, the way they dress the men, you know, the way they mm. dress the men, which is not, that's not easy. And you think it's so yeah, easy. Oh, give this yeah, guy yeah. a suit. I mean, there are all grades of tailoring and I can see it with my eye. I know what they're doing with that, you know? And then of course, the way they dress Shiv, which, you know, by the way, did you notice how shockingly beautiful she looks in, in a black dress? It's like, yes. how much yeah. people just look so much better in clothes that are dark, right? They just do. Yeah. And, the minute, and they keep her in these light colors and the light, you know, because I guess those billionaires go, you know what? I'm just going to show up in, in, in beige today or light gray. I don't care what I f- look like. They're she, she has obviously like this um, this pendulum that swings, you know, like Roman, who we, we, we noticed in the last scene, like, I'm a piece of shit, like play that again, you know, play that a few times, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. In, in Shiv's case, the way she looks, it's like, you know, she can look so shitty and then she can look so great, but to her, she always looks fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's so rich and mm-hmm. so she's got such crazy, um, what's the word? Um, 
mood swings. She either feels like the queen of the world or like, you know, the biggest piece of shit in the world. But somewhere she always lands on that dress and she looks fine in it. You know, she feels like she looks fine. And everyone at home is going, oh, God, Shiv, no, not that, you know. <laughs> what happens with rich people, it's like, oh, no. Oh, just because it's expensive doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't oh, no. mean and it I looks go, good. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Right, right, right. But I, I think that the, the note on the men's clothing is really well taken because yeah. one of the things I find really interesting is how they dress Kendall versus Roman. Right. Because oh, Kendall yes. is kind of always doing a little bit of a tech bro look or something. Yes. But it's still expensive. And Roman always has this little tight shirt on that's yes. like a real, like from, yes. from, from you know, from uh, from from uh, Turnbull Asser or something, like custom made in London, right? Meantime, right. it promises that there's a jacket somewhere, but he never wears the jacket. Right. You know, I think like, that is great. It's like, I promise you, this shirt makes you know that I have a jacket somewhere, but I'm not going to wear it. You know, I mean, it's amazing. It's that, that part about the way they dress Roman, right? Yeah. So good. So yeah, good. So, so good. And, and Isaac, what what about the other men's suits, like the Carls and the oh, Franks? Well, like, what are you noticing there? And poor, poor, poor. Oh my God, that poor character that they keep shitting on. And I'm finding it slightly anti-Semitic, though. A little bit anti-Semitic. The, the, the Fisher Stevens character. Oh, uh-huh, a uh-huh. little. They keep shitting on him to such an extent. And that scene last week where he had like that giant plate of food in them. I was. Oh no. Speaking of cringy, <laughs> speaking of couch, you know, couch cushion clutching cringe, right? Like. That was so cringy, but the way they dress him and it's like, oh no, we men's warehouse, we got it. You know, it's like, oh no, can't you spend a little money on a suit? And yet you spent some money, like to you, that's a lot of money for a suit. Oh shit, it's not exactly men's warehouse, but it's not not men's warehouse. Ah, my God, that person spent a lot of time culling suits and vetting suits, right? For Fisher Stevens. That's amazing. you reminded me, I have a horrible, but in my opinion, necessary question for you, friends. Yes. Which is, is Jared Mankin Jewish? Oh. You know, this had not occurred to me. I was talking with my brilliant friend, Dan Fishback, and he said, this season's making me so nervous because the only real Jewish character is Jared Mankin. And I stopped what I was doing. I stopped in my tracks. This had not occurred to me. And I said to him, what makes you think that? Wait. And he said, I'm His lost. name is Jared Mankin. The one, the the one who's going to be the presidential oh, candidate. Oh, oh, you know, oh, and, oh, And so oh, the question right. is, is the central Jewish character on this show the white nationalist one? I mean, I think that's a question we I'm have to at least contend with. Well, you know, you can't, honestly, when you're writing about Waystar, which is a right wing kind of leaning right a little bit, don't we Don't we feel that it's a right wing? It's, it's, it's sort of between, it's between Fox and, you know, it's between a lot of things, right? I'm not sure it's exactly Fox, but it is Fox. It's Fox, okay? Right. Um, but so when you're writing about that, you have to suspend disbelief about, about what the show is representing a little bit. You know what I mean? Because if you're giving the reality of that, like, in fact, it is very, you know, that kind of media is very racist. It's very anti-Semitic. You know what I mean? So they have to they have to give a little bit of that. You know, they do. Right. Well, I, I, think of, of I think of also like, you know, people like Dinesh D'Souza. Right. Who are like right. Indian, but like hate right. every immigrant, you know. And yes. so it, it yes. sort of is the way I mean, there's always these figures that that yeah. appear on the right. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Mankin is Jewish. I think he might be like the Stephen Miller. Yes. Kind of oh, yes. Stephen yes. yes. Miller. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. Santa Monica. And, and let me say, you know, because we know Jesse Armstrong listens to this recap and only this, <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to say to Jesse, as a Jewish viewer and a fan, Jesse, if this man is a Jew, if Jared Mankin is a Jew, I need you to throw me one more chosen person who doesn't want to make me vomit. Just one. Right. That's but there's I'm also, it's, it's possible there's a Carl or a Frank or a Jerry now, in there who's Jewish. I'm pretty sure, no, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the Fisher Stevens character is Jewish. I'm like, I, I can't be wrong about that. Uh, could be, could be. <laughs> Could be. I, I, I could just use one pleasant Jew. What is his name? One pleasant Jew. Exactly. One pleasant Jew. It's also, it's also the, the, the name of uh, Isaac's next biography. <laughs> one pleasant <laughs> Jew. Exactly. And, uh, okay, well, listen, we're, um, we are about to wrap up. And before we do, I need to ask you both for some predictions. The most ridiculous part of every recap pod. 
Why do we do it? It doesn't matter. But I'm so curious. Where do you think this is all going? I mean, after this episode, Isaac, are you you still on the Greg train? Do you? I am. I'm telling you because I I see it as a feint. I see it as one episode in a cog, like a cog in a wheel that's got to end up somewhere. And it won't be a big surprise, I don't think. But it has such incredible right. What's the word? It has such incredible like stuff to bring out around it, you know, like, and it says something about the chaos, right? Like you were talking about chaos in this show. There is irony upon irony upon irony and nothing makes sense. And yet somehow we get the story, right? Somehow we understand and it keeps resonating. That's because our lives are going more and more and more chaotic. So we kind of need this shit because it's like, because of the chaos in our lives, we only resonate with these stories that are completely ridiculous and chaotic. And so I feel like the most ridiculous thing would be for Greg to be sitting on this giant pile of money at the end of the series, yeah. like sort of laughing, laughing, like, you know, one of those, like, like, like 2001, a space odyssey and the monolith and the apes running around the monolith. And it was such chaos. You know what I mean? I feel like that's what's coming. Do you, and do you think that the, among the siblings, there will be any happiness? I hesitate to use that word. <laughs> Are you talking to me now? Because I feel like unless they get some kind of like lobotomy or something, like some kind of surgery <laughs> takes place. I don't know about happiness for those people. I don't. Maybe I don't. Ha- maybe they do happiness at Living Plus. Well, wait a minute. You wait know a minute. what I mean? Is, is what's, what's, the, what's the crazy brother married to Willa? What's his name? Oh, Connor. 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 Is Connor happy? Because maybe if Connor's happy, then they'll all be fine. You I know mean, what look, I mean? Is Connor happy? I think, he, <laughs> I think he compartmentalizes better than the average person, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yes. And I think he has something more approaching to, he, he's more gen, generally upbeat, I guess. Uh, right, 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 right. But he's also right. like deeply aware that he's that he's married to a woman that is only partially there for Because feelings. of his money. Yeah. Right. yeah, exactly. How happy can a slave owner be? It's a really <laughs> important right. question. You know what? I don't it's know how true. to answer it. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Danielle, do you have any predictions? I do. My predictions, as you know, Nagin, are uniformly incorrect. So here's my next one. Yeah. I want to say, uh, here's my fantasy prediction. Living Plus moves forward. Mm. Matson does end up taking over everything. He and Shiv and Jerry and every other woman who's been wronged by this massively violently patriarchal system put the Roy brothers into Living Plus and lock the door. <laughs> that is my current hope for how this season wraps up. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't even know. I, I don't even have any like major predictions. I think that, look, we're going to see Jared Mankin. They've mentioned that fucking guy enough. And uh, I think right. I believe we've seen him in, in trailer footage or whatever. So we'll see. This presidential race is happening Connor, again, he's at 1%. Can he make it to a higher percent? Maybe in a way that he can like disrupt the other candidates winning. I don't know. Maybe um, Mencken needs something from Connor. I don't know. There's like, there. it feels like there has to be a reason that Connor is a presidential candidate, you know, plot right. wise. Totally. So there also, darling, there also has to be a reason that Shiv is pregnant. No. Yes. Yeah, they have to make that pay off in some or, way. Or is in it, some way. In, part of me was just like, here he, they made her pregnant because that's the fucking shit that happens to ladies' bodies. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've, yeah. It happens and then you have to deal with it. Like, it's like sometimes it doesn't happen in a planned way and then you have to yeah, deal with it. Yeah, but you know what, it's darling? Like, it's, like, it's like having a loaded gun. Like they say, if you have a loaded gun on right. stage, you have to shoot it. Right. I mean, in a Shakespeare play, <laughs> right. you're not going to have right. a pregnant lady unless, it, unless it's like right. Richard III and the kids get killed by Richard III. You know right. what I mean? It's like there has to be some kind right. of reason yeah, for Yeah, if you have a, a loaded, right. if you have a loaded yes. uterus, you have to shoot <laughs> That's out a baby. Right. That's correct. <laughs> if you have a load of uterus, that is beautiful. That is amazing. Um, wow. Folks, this was <laughs> unbelievably fun. I feel like I, t- I could talk to the two of you about succession for the rest of my life. Um, but sadly, we must end right here. I would love for the people of Faith the Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that they that you do. Danielle, where do they find you? Um, thank you so much, Nagin. Wonderful to be here. Uh, you can find me at DanielleDirschlag.com, my website, or the most easy thing is my Instagram, which is at ddurch, D-D-U-R-C-H. And I'd love to hear from you. Isaac Mizrahi, where do people find you? 
You can go to my website, hello, Isaac, or go, like you say, to my Instagram account, which is I am Isaac Mizrahi. And there are two, by the way, two verified Instagram accounts. So go to I am Isaac Mizrahi or Isaac Mizrahi NY, but I am Isaac Mizrahi. Which, by the way, is kind of like the only thing I really look at on Instagram is when Isaac <laughs> yes. has a post. I don't really strong look at very much strong else. Strong agree. Um, it's really? so well, fun. I'm about to He's go so follow fun. you, D. Dirch. D. Dirch. <laughs> oh, thank you. Who knew? You, Who Isaac? knew, darling? Who knew? <laughs> Um, so folks, you know where to find me and all things I do. And then I just want to thank everyone who makes this show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our fantastic music was written by Gobby Alter. And um, thanks to HeadGum for making this show a possibility. And you can email us at fakethenationpodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts. And otherwise, we will be back in your earballs on Thursday with Fake the Nation. That was a HeadGum podcast.